The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. Just because it doesn't look a certain way right now doesn't mean that as you lean into that purpose, you lean into that passion, that it might not change over time. Motherhood. What a beautiful gift we're actually giving our kids when your own children have seen you make a career shift. And everything in between. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent. And I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices, and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. No matter what you pursue, you worry about, are you going to fail? Or am I an imposter? Or can I actually pull this off? Is this meant for me? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef. And this week's guest is actually someone I recorded with quite a while ago. And what happens is with my interviews is I record them in, in lots of different times and different periods. And I just kind of intuitively pick the ones that I feel like releasing on that week. I don't do it in order of my interviews. So actually, Stephanie and I spoke quite a while ago. I think she was one of my first guests that I interviewed back when I started recording the third series of the Ambitious Mum podcast. So Stephanie Hendrick is actually based in Phoenix in Arizona, and we had a great conversation. And she's actually an author. She's a motivational speaker. She's a business owner. And she's incredibly inspiring. And she's written a book. And she's actually created a a movement called Meant for More, which is designed for today's sort of ambitious woman who's navigating the messy middle. This is how she describes it of motherhood, marriage and business. And I guess that is exactly what the Ambitious Mum podcast is all about. So when we kind of connected, I was like, oh, I found somebody that literally embodies the ambitious mum. So she's written a book. And the book's also called Meant for More. And actually, it's so interesting, this conversation, because she tells us all about how she grew this hugely successful business with her husband, everything that she ever wanted. And she then walked away. Um, She walked away from the business because she knew that there was a bigger purpose there for her. So she shares all of this journey and gives advice in the book of how to be connected to that feeling of a purpose bigger than what you're doing right now and to discover this sort of untapped potential within us. So during the conversation and also in the book, she really kind of empowers and inspires us to to live our lives. We, We create, we design, we can create the impact that we want. We are told where our passion is. We can really kind of harness that and follow this sort of inner guidance that often is nudging us and whispering to us and sometimes has to do quite dramatic things to to make us realise that we're not on the route that we're meant to be on. So she gives us loads of practical tools and actionable steps and great ideas and tips to really kind of sidestep what you're doing if you're not happy and move towards what you believe your purpose is. So this is a really fantastic conversation. And also I need you to have a look at this lady because she is so beautiful and she looks exactly like Meghan Markle. The whole conversation I was like, she's the spitting image of Meghan Markle. So definitely go and check her out. Her book is meant for more. You'll find her online. I'm going to leave all the details on the show notes. Here's my conversation with Stephanie. 
So Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me on the Ambitious Mum podcast. It's a delight to have you on. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. It's so nice to be able to speak to someone who is literally doing what they said they would, what they set out for. And I know you've got a book out. It's called Meant for More. I'd love to dive into all of that, but I'd love to sort of just take a little bit of a backtrack Mm -hmm. And you can tell me a little bit about what happened when you were working. I know you built up a very successful business with your husband. Yes, absolutely. You know, I talk about this in the opening chapter of my book because what better way to set the stage than for a reader to understand what embarked me on this type of journey. And so really to bring you back a few years ago, I was you know, just having a normal, typical morning, getting my kids ready for school. Um, We were hustling and bustling, trying to get into the car. And it was on that car ride to school, just like what I thought was any other normal morning that my oldest daughter, who was probably, I want to say nine or 10 years old at that time, she piped up from the back and just said out of nowhere, Hey mom, did you always know you were going to run a business with dad? Like you, you always knew that, right? So essentially, she was asking, did you always dream of doing what you're doing right now, this career? And though it was such a simple question, you know, because kids talk about careers and things, maybe they were talking about that in school that week. And um, it was such a simple question. And I, I found myself chuckling and I said, no, of course not. I, I, I kind of just ended up here. And it was such a quick moment. I mean, because right then and there, after I answered her question, I think we were already in the school parking lot. She was already hopping out of the car and off to go about her day with her younger sister. And it left me in the car and with these thoughts and this realization where I had to come face to face with the fact that I was a mother to these two girls that I had already been telling, and I know I'll continue telling, to chase their dreams to set their site wherever they want it, set the bar as high as they think it can possibly go and to reach for it and chase those dreams. But yet here I was not modeling it for them. And so it was not pretty. (laughs) After that moment, I pulled out of the school parking lot and just turned onto the first road nearest to their school and parked in front of a, a home, didn't know the people that lived there. And I just cried. I just cried in my car because I had that moment of clarity where I was not living a life I had dreamt of. And I knew that that was going to shape my daughters and their own future. Because if we're being honest as, as mothers, um, I mean, as parents in general, our kids watch what we do and they eventually model the same behavior. So what we say to them, I feel personally falls empty. I think our words are very empty and it's more so what we do. So it was in that moment that I decided I was going to get back to my roots. I was going to do some some inner work and figure out what is it that Stephanie wanted to always do. And I knew that it was motivational speaking. I knew that it was writing. So it was communication, right, in the form of writing and speaking. And that was the start. That was kind of that turning point where I realized, okay, what do I need to start doing in order to put out a book, in order to become a motivational speaker? What has to happen in life? And it was really all in that moment, in the car, crying <laughs> that I came to that. 
Wow. I mean, that's a really powerful story. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in universal nudges. And you might have been having sort of little gentle nudges along the way for a few years, but you probably needed a a good old shove from your daughter. And sometimes it just takes that one extra thing just to kind of really make us recognize what we're missing out on in life. And I think that's amazing that it was almost instantaneous. It was like, I guess it was like an epiphany. And and don't get me wrong, from what I know, your business that you were running with your husband was successful. A lot of people would say you were living the dream of running business with your partner. It was doing well, but it wasn't what was, would you say, soul-driven, passion-led? How would you describe where you were and what you're doing now? I love a couple of things that you just touched on, Kate. So one thing, and I, I want to just go back to what you first said, was that I you said you were probably having nudges along the way, but that was the pivotal moment. And so I do want to be clear that yes, I had had nudges for years where it was even conversations with my husband. So here we were running this business, and I'll elaborate on that in a moment. But every so often, maybe it was every year, every two years, over the course of a little over a decade actually, that I would stop and I'd say, hey, you know, to my husband, I think it's time. I I think it's time for me to start to navigate out of this. I think it's time for me to start to chase what what I want to chase, to build something of my own, to prove to myself it can be done. Uh, Because I was realizing that time was flying by. And I think as parents, we it's almost as if time speeds up once you have kids. Oh my God, completely. You're like, I don't think five years used to go by this fast, but all of a sudden now with kids, it does, right? Yeah. So I would have those nudges. I do want to be fair and say it was not as if just that one question completely that I changed it instantaneously. It was, as you said, just that really big push that I needed. It was that big moment of clarity. But you're right. To your other point, I was running a very successful business with my husband. We had been working on that business together for, at that point, somewhere between like 10 and 12 years. Can't remember off the top of my head right now, but so it had been quite a while. And we had been building that uh, business. It started out as just the two of us. And over the years, we began hiring additional employees and building a sales team. And it was growing year after year after year. And so to any outsider, they were saying to me, what are you thinking? Like, Why would you risk walking away from this business? What what if you can't replace yourself? What if it falls apart? Like, what are you doing? Uh, My own husband, I think, was asking that question, to to be honest. And I don't want it to seem as though it was a decision I made that one morning and that I just walked away from the business the next day. The reality of it, because I'm I truly feel that being as authentic as possible with with women when they hear my story is is so important because I would never want them to think this was easy because then it makes them feel even more frustrated when they realize any type of journey is is very difficult. So to be fair, it took about a full year for me to transition out. So I had started my website over the course of that year. I started off with some little blogs, then I began writing the book. All of that was happening though in like the wee morning hours before my husband and my kids were awake. It was happening maybe late at night if I had a dose of inspiration and I just wanted to like run to the office while they were watching a movie or or doing something. 
it was just those little scraps of time that I could find all the meanwhile, while my husband and I were frantically trying to interview people, hire people, train them, get them integrated into our business so that they could begin to allow me to take some steps out. So it took about a full year, just to be fair. It was not as fast as I wanted it to be. Yeah, and I think that's really important to be honest and authentic because we can talk about, you know, purpose-driven and living like these amazing lives where we jack in careers and we do what we're sort of we're meant to be doing. But actually that path is often very bumpy and you feel like you're going backwards like five steps and you go forwards two steps. And I know, I know that because I'm on that journey now. I'm about three years in. And the minute I decided I wanted to kind of change my career, I thought it would be click my fingers and everything would be fine. But I had to go and do a huge amount of inner work, loads of self-discovery and self-development that I didn't even anticipate. And that made me feel very impatient and it made me feel like I wasn't getting to the place that I should be getting and it was it was really hard and it's still very difficult when I kind of see myself five years down the line and it's kind of like oh but how am I going to get there so I think it's really important that we talk like this because we see so many successful driven women who are at the top of their you know doing what they want to do but we don't know that very slow journey that enabled them to get there And I love that you've written this book. And I think it's so exciting that you had a vision that you were writing in those morning and the evening and you were grabbing snatched moments because I could feel from when you were saying that you had this like creativity bubbling within you that you needed to almost like just release. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about the process of knowing you had a book and then writing that book and, and who the book's for? Right, right. Yes, I'll say this. When I, you know, purpose and and that passion within us, it's a funny thing, right? Because you know that there's something bigger meant for you. You you have this, I mean, starting the podcast, right? Like you, perhaps when it, and I don't know, but perhaps for you, it was, I know I need to do this. I know I have a voice. I know I can impact, say, women or mothers, but maybe all the clarity isn't there yet right? And you kind of, as you start taking one step or two steps forward, it starts to become more and more clear as to, okay, maybe this is the topic of the podcast. And so along those lines, that's kind of how it was for me with with the book. It didn't just come to me. I didn't know in the beginning who it was going to be for. I was just following that nudge or that passion inside me that said, you've always loved communication. You've always dreamt of speaking and of writing So even though I didn't necessarily know what it was going to be about right then and there, it was about just, okay, let me just take the first step. Let me just start a website, which by the way, it's a really hard thing to do (laughs) if you're not not techie, right? Um, Like I have to say, Kate, I wouldn't even know the first step to starting a podcast. I I, I just don't know what it would be. But that's where it starts, right? Is you're just kind of Googling, right? Into the computer. And and you find people. You find, you just go, right, who can I ask? Who can I, you know, who's going to give more information? So Um, you start digging for any resource you can grab. So if it's a friend, if it's a colleague, if it's someone that can just give you a little inkling into what is the first step. So for me, it was, 
And I believe I talk about this in the book too, because I wanted to share that journey of even writing the book with the reader. And I talk about how I just put into the Google search search engine, how to start a blog. <laughs> and it talked about how you need a website. So I found a blog about starting a blog. It was, it was really funny, but uh, so I had on one of my screens, I had the blog itself that gave you step-by-step. And then on my other screen, I was following each prompt. So, you know, it was taking me to, and I'd, I'd get these words messed up, but like, go create a domain name, go find a host for your website, things that I can't even tell you what they are, but you have to have them. <laughs> so I just followed it. And so I created this website, even though I had no idea what I was going to do with it. And I started just putting blogs out and I would just write about whatever was on my heart. So it started out very business related. And then I started realizing, I just want to write about a mother's journey. I just want to start writing to women. Um, So it didn't have to be mothers, but just women. I want to inspire them. So then my content started to begin to change. I think I was filled with so much creativity when I was in that space that I realized that was when it came to me, I think I need to put an entire book together on this about personal development, about what it's like to chase your purpose, what it's like to lean into that passion that's fueling you. And also talk though about maybe the business principles or the how-to, because it's one thing to inspire someone, but it's another to give them actionable steps. And that was so important to me. That's what ended up creating the book was I said, fine inspiring women, but I want to share everything I know so that they're not just leaving the book inspired, but they're saying, I have actual steps to take. I have actual plans now to put into motion so they can actually implement it in their own lives. That was really important to me. And so it was almost in working through that journey that the book even came about. It's not that I had the entire picture built out first. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's really important to say because I think we get so fixated on the end product and the end product changes. I mean, there's so many different variations of this end product, but we we can get so fixated that it has to look like this. And this is the name of the book that I've said, it's got to be that book and it's got to be these conversations these chapters and I'm a huge believer in sort of like surrendering a bit and just letting things kind of flow but your back it's your background am I right in saying it's your background marketing um I would say marketing is part of my business but it was actually uh sales related okay so you it's not like you stepped away from your experience your sales experience or your your career you've just kind of like manifested it in a different way so you're still being able to give those practical skills of your past however many years that you worked in sales and marketing and you have then kind of flipped it a little bit to give it that new spin to inspire women so what I'm trying to say is I think that a lot of women get terrified. They go, I've built this career for 20 years, 30 years, and I've been doing all of this and I don't know how to do anything different. But actually all this experience that we've accumulated doing all the different things, biz- jobs, businesses, kids, this, it's all so powerful for the next chapter. And how did you merge your two chapters together to create what you're doing now? Oh, I, I love that question so much. And the reason is because it's always, it's this evolving 
journey, right? And I think you know that with with the podcast that things probably, you know, either the full picture wasn't there in the beginning or it's changed maybe over time, over the last few years for you. And what's funny is when I think back to starting the website, the blog, and then it becoming a book, everything I was doing was focused toward women. Like 100%, I wanted the ambitious woman. Woman, She didn't have to be a mother, but I was able to relate very well to an ambitious mother, for example. I just wanted to write to them. And I wasn't sure how that went with my, we'll say, past life, right? My past career experience. And to your point, that was that was hard. That was frustrating for me because I thought, well, were the last 10, 12 years, was that a waste? Mm. Like it... Was that even for anything? Does does that help me in this new journey? And the further along I've gotten, I've realized, one, yes, it's helped me tremendously because it's given me a level of expertise that I can share and a level of experience and stories that I can really bring, relate, and even mentor women now. But what was super interesting is in the last few months, so my book released in December of 2020. So it's been a few months now that it's been live and out in the world. And the crazy part to me is that I have had men read this book. Um, I've even been on podcasts where men are the host and they've legitimately actually read it. And they have said to me, I got so much from this book. I took so much away from it because it is personal development, but it does have like business principles or great principles for how to move forward toward a project or a business or a passion inside of you. And they've also talked about how, hey, you know, if I'm a father or um, a brother or an uncle or a significant other to a woman, that they're realizing, they're realizing things about women that they didn't know were there. They didn't know the struggles were there, whether it's um, day-to-day struggles or whether it's maybe the mentality or the cultural aspects of what it's like to be a woman versus a man. And so I share all that because what I'm trying to say is it started out as a journey toward women. And what it's it's manifesting into is something for both men and women. I'm realizing it really can reach both. And I'm bringing my sales background back into things. So now my speaking, I either speak and do a keynote that's really centered around the book, or I have two keynotes that are sales related. And I'm finding that that's where all of a sudden, you know, I, I wanted this journey of being a motivational speaker and I didn't know how it mir- it matched with my past life. But now all of a sudden the sales background is coming in and they want me to talk on that, these companies or these associations. So for a listener, I would say just because it doesn't look a certain way right now doesn't mean that as you lean into that purpose, you lean into that passion, that it might not change over time. Yeah, that's really interesting. And especially from the male side, I was really resonating with that because my husband has built a business with his brother and his dad and they have a unit and then they have a lot of support and and teams, whereas I'm literally on my own. doing building something I'm not even quite sure what it is yet it's coaching (laughs) it's podcasting it's speaking it's writing there's not really a word that I can describe what I'm doing yet um and it can be very lonely and it can be very difficult and you know this this constant kind of self-doubt and and self-belief and having a good day that's great and then having a really bad day and it like knocks you back 
it would be interesting for him to have it step into my shoes probably for a week because our working day just looks so different. It really does. And it's hard because the pandemic has changed things a lot and he's been home a lot more and he's really has seen the the day-to-day stuff of the house and the cooking and the kids and the picking up and the all of that. So he has definitely had a lot more of a glimpse into a woman's life. But it's really nice to know that this book, it's opening eyes for men because there's a lot of women out there who... I don't know if it's me and just the circle that I'm in or just people who I follow online, but there's a really big shift in women realising that they have a voice, that they have a passion that they've not followed, that maybe they've stopped working because they've been with their kids and bringing them up and now they're ready to, to start again. And it's almost like getting to know themselves all over. And it's like now it's kind of like, wow, you know, these women, there's so many women out there that need almost kind of a step-by-step guide as, as to find themselves again. And it does sound cliched, this passion and this purpose and step into your potential. I'm just speaking of thinking of different women I know who are probably teetering in this area of not quite knowing what they want to do for their next chapter. How can we break down this very kind of nuanced word of purpose and where's my potential and how do we break it down so it's not all scary and big and we just shut the door and close it we don't want to go there because I think there's also the fear of failure stepping out of our comfort zone I know these are huge conversations but how can we break it down so women can make that step that first step Yes, I, I love this. It's so funny because I, I listen to you talk about these topics and I'm like, oh, I got a chapter on that. Oh, I have a chapter on that too. And I'm like, can I just hire Kate to be my my marketing director? <laughs> because you're touching on literally everything in there. And I, I love this. But it's it just shows you how much it's in the woman's mind, right? And and that I was writing from this place of, oh, I feel like an imposter. Can I actually write this book? You know, but so I was going through those very real things and I figured, well, other women probably are going through this too. Um, but to break it down, I actually put an exercise and I'm going to do my best to explain it here. Um, but I have an exercise in the first or second chapter of the book where it walks you through how to begin to hone in on what might be that purpose or that passion. Because a lot of times you might have this conversation with an ambitious woman and she's like, man, I, I know there's more for me out there, but I just don't know what it is right? And you probably talk to women like that. And it's, it can be very frustrating because they think, well, why is it so crystal clear for other women and not crystal clear for me? Mm-hmm. And so the exercise I walk them through in the book talks about, if you can imagine taking a piece of paper and just drawing a line down the center of the paper. And on one column, I would want them to focus on all of their skills and their talents. So this could be things that over the years you've been told you're really strong or you're really good at. So whether it's things you know right away, like, oh, I'm a very organized person, I write really well, whatever it is. And then it can be hard to compliment ourselves, right? So I, I, I encourage women, you know, ask either ask someone, hey, what are some of my strengths? What are my skills? Or think back to uh, perhaps if you were doing working with an employer and the employer gave you like a review, maybe an annual review or something. And they were telling you all the things that you're so good at. Mm. These things do not need to be related in this exercise. In fact, you, you really don't want them to be because then you're not giving yourself a very open picture. 
So no rules. You just write down everything that you know you're, you're strong and good at. On the other column, you focus on the things that you're really passionate about. And when I say passionate, I want to be clear. These are not just the things that light you up and make you so happy and so eager and they put a smile on your face. Yes, those are passions. They absolutely can be. But I want to also remind our listeners that it can be things that light you up inside because they make you angry. They give you the opposite emotion. And sometimes our passions are fueled by a negative emotion. So the the easiest example would be, uh, let's say you're very passionate about homelessness Mm. and trying to help feed the hungry, or perhaps it's foster care or adoption. That, That emotion inside you, that passion is not a good one, right? It's, it's making you sad. It's making you hurt. And it's, it's making you feel that way so much that you want to do something about it. So I, I like to just add that tidbit in there because I don't want people to only focus on things that make them really happy. Mm. Um, for me, just to be honest, it was actually a negative passion that drove me into this journey of motivational speaking and writing this book for women. Um, and what I mean by that is the passion was I felt women had settled and that women were saying to themselves, I just feel like there's something more for me. How did I get here? Mm. How am I working for this company years and years later? This was supposed to just be a temporary job while I got my business off the ground or a temporary job, but I was supposed to work my way up or I was, I planned to be home with my kids for several years, but then when they went to school, maybe it was, then I was going to follow a passion or a dream. So those are just little examples of where I think women get to a point and they say, what what am I still doing here? And so for me, it was that negative emotion of wanting to say, you don't have to settle. You, you can redefine your life. You can raise those tiny little humans and, and shape them and mold them and send them off to school and then come back to that dream Mm -hmm. and come back to what it is you're meant to do. And so I share that just to say the passion can be positive or negative. Now, when you have a completed sheet in front of you, you just want to sit on that for a few days, a few weeks. Maybe it's crystal clear right in front of you, but you want to start to look at where might some of my skills in that left column, where might they start to make sense with some of my passions? And you might start to see things that you had never really thought about before. I can't say I ever thought I was going to start a blog or you know, write a book. Yes, I enjoyed writing, but I never thought I was going to be an author. I just knew that I had a skill at writing or at speaking, and I knew I had a passion to impact women. And so it was, you know, in looking at that comprehensive list over time that it started to just kind of seep into my mind, wait a second, some of these skill sets might might actually be able to bring some of the passion to fruition. Wow. I mean, I was listening then and just thinking, what a powerful exercise, because I thought you were going to say on one side, do the, do what you're good at. And then the other side, do what you're not good at. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Oh, I was like, okay. You know, okay. What if your exactly. list is longer on the other side? <laughs> and then, and then what you said then is like, okay. And then you said passion, but not just what you're passionate about positively. And I was like, wow. I mean, there's so many women there who I know who are doing amazing community work and charity work, but they're also doing their 
their day job and they're also looking after their kids and they're burnt out and they're exhausted and they don't think they have any other options. And I feel like there's so many women out there who just feel like their hands are tied because they are financially committed to to having to work in these jobs that are draining them, you know, draining their soul, draining their energy. They aren't helping them from a well-being perspective. Maybe they're coming home and they're angry and miserable and they're taking it out on their kids and their husbands or partners. And so it is hard to make that leap of faith. It is very hard for, for women or men to trust that there's something bigger out there. There's something out there that, that can fulfill that yearning. Again, I can really resonate because I had this yearning. My previous career was PR. And funny enough, I still love PR because I do it in my job now. Like I'm always, you know, writing social media and I'm promoting the podcast. Um, I love promoting other women I guess that's my other way of like I love lifting other women up and that's just something I used to do in my PR job but I didn't want to work for someone else and I didn't want to work in an office and not have flexibility around my family so it doesn't have to be completely flipping something like being an accountant to going to work in a zoo like I mean (laughs) you could if you wanted to you could be passionate but you don't have to you can just kind of tweak it a little bit so it's still what you're kind of comfortable with but doing something that you're passionate about and I feel like that kind of gives women a little bit more leeway and comfort knowing that they they can pivot a little bit and it's not gonna throw them completely out of their comfort zone and they're never gonna earn money again and I think there's so many different there's just so many different elements to it that I wish life was as simple as just, you know, let's just change career and everything will be fine. How do we then embrace this fear of failure or this leaning into failure that I know that you've talked about and not being scared of trying something, knowing that there is a potential that we could fail? Mm -hmm. That's such a great question. I think we have to come to terms with it first and foremost we are going to have failures. If we're doing it right, if we're giving it our all, we are going to fail, right? If we're trying hard enough, we're going to reach so far and and we're going to come up short at times, but we're going to be farther along than if we hadn't taken that risk in the first place. And we're going to learn we're going to adapt. We're going to try it again. We're going to tweak it. You know, we're, we, you begin to evolve. I think what was powerful for me was real because I had tremendous fear of failure, right? I'm like, what if I put this book out there or I try to apply for these speaking engagements and and I just, it's crickets, right? What, what if there's just nothing out there? Like no one responds. No one wants to buy the book. What if it gets horrible reviews? That was, that was a huge fear of mine is like- Yeah, I can imagine. It. And what if it's all over the internet that it's horrible. In fact, I'll tell you this real quick. I just got my first formal book review in the media and it actually was done by a media company out of Ireland. I think it's called like Irish Tech News, but they're out of Ireland. And it was a great book review, but I was terrified when I found out that they did a book review. I thought, oh, what's it going to say? Like, you know, you're just, so I, I want you to know that 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 fear doesn't ever go away, first of all, right? It's still there. But what was helpful for me was to think back to all the times I had already failed 
And what I mean by that is when you start to remind yourself, like I share plenty of failures in the book. And the reason I did that is because I wanted to show here's a woman, right? Myself who has failed in this way. She failed in that way. She failed over here, but she got back up every single time. Or it, I failed and I realized, hmm, okay, well, so maybe that wasn't what I was supposed to do. Maybe that was the wrong approach. And I completely pivoted and, and changed the approach. It's funny. I was crafting a social media post for this week, for later this week, and it was talking about failures. And it was very generic in the beginning. And I thought, you know, this doesn't help women. If I just talk about the idea of failure, I should I should remind them of ways I've failed. And so I talked about how when I was in college, can't remember which year, um, there I was going to school and I was working full time, but I was actually working more than full time and then going to school full time. And so it just, it eventually caught up with me. And so much so that I walked into a class one night and they were giving out uh, midterm exams and I didn't even know it. And I sat down and I looked at the girl next to me and I said, what is this? And she looked at me like I was insane. And she said, it's the midterm exam. Like she was disgusted with me for, for <laughs> not knowing. And I thought, oh my gosh. And Kate, I started crying <laughs> like just silently, but like just tears streaming down my face because I realized in that moment, I wasn't prepared. I was looking at the questions on this exam and I had no idea what the questions even were referring to. And the reason for that was because not only was I not keeping up with my studies because I was working so much, but I was I was missing classes because I was working so much. And I had been committing over committing myself to an employer who by the way months later laid me off. So you know, I mean, it bit me twice, right? I ended up flunking that semester of college. I ended up losing an academic scholarship. Okay, my schooling had been paid for up to that point because of having such great grades. And then the employer laid me off when a recession began to hit the U.S. a few months later. So, I mean, it was just catastrophic. And there was a lot more fallout from that financially as well that would follow in the year to come. But I mean, talk about feeling feeling like you are just alone and that you have just completely blown every opportunity really before you even had a chance to begin. It was this huge uh, moment in my life where I think resiliency was what came from that. I had to become so tough, so resilient. I had to make decisions you know, because I was financially impacted. There was a lot of things I did, no longer had. But because of that, I think it's almost gave me some armor to go forward with in the future and to learn, hey, you've you've failed pretty darn big in the past, so you can get through this too. Yeah, it stops us in our track, the fear of failure, being able to sort of take risks and put ourselves out there because of all the what ifs and because of the fear of the judgment and and I actually sometimes with that, um, and I say to clients, but also for myself, that if I am fearing judgment, I have you have to look inwards and see who are you judging. If you're fearing criticism, who are you criticizing? And that really is also, you know, like a big fat mirror in your face of being again, it's like being aware, noticing. These are all lessons that each it's like it's like another hurdle. Okay, fine, I get that what's the next thing that you're going to throw at me? And it's 
from what I know of like my grandma is not just turned 90 and my my late grandma was like 93 when she died that you don't stop learning it's not like hey you're 40 you stop learning you're 50 you've, you've learned everything I believe that we're here to learn and so I think when we get past that fear of not knowing everything and that fear of failing and we just kind of almost embrace the fact that we are here and it's just going to be one big fat learning curve for the rest of our life, whatever age you die, then it kind of just makes it all a bit like, okay, well, let's just have a bit of fun then. Let's just roll with the punches and just see what happens. And then it kind of just the intensity lessens. And something that I was thinking about before was as women, we like to control a lot lot of things. And I think that's just, I'm not trying to generalize, but I think we like to have a little bit of a map in front of us but when we get pregnant and we have children we don't know what the baby's going to look like you know yes some people find out the sex of their children but you don't know what personality you don't know what they're going to be you don't and you just kind of accept that and we accept that we're going to give birth to a human and we don't know their path and we don't know what they're going to bring and and what they're going to achieve and we kind of that's just life but then everything else we try and control and we want to know the answers. We want to know where we're going to be and what's going to happen. And and maybe if we can look at the way we are with our kids and we just let them kind of carve their own path a little bit, we will also be able to do that with ourselves. And, you know, whether we pivot and change careers or we start businesses or write books or just whatever we choose, then it makes everything a little bit easier to accept, I think. This is something I'm trying to learn myself, by the way. I'm not in any way got there, but it made me, I've got four kids and I have no idea what they're going to all do. You know, like we have these conversations similar to you, right? We discussed at the beginning of the podcast. I have like my six-year-old said to me the other day, did you always know what you were going to do? And I, and I said, absolutely not. I haven't, I had no idea and still don't know what, you know, I'm going to do in 10 years time. I know that I'm going to love you. I know that I'm always going to be your mum, but I don't know anything else. And I think from, to be able to depict that from a young age, to, to bring that to children. So it almost removes that pressure of, okay, you, you, you don't need to have everything figured out. Like it's okay to have a few blank spaces to expand and grow and, change then maybe life becomes a little bit easier and I don't know what that is maybe that's conditioning from generations ago when it was important to know and it was important to have a life path mapped out and because of security and and finances but now we've got like such a different world especially like we can work online I would never have known that I would be connecting with people all around the world you know on my podcast and my clients and I would never have thought that so maybe we just need to kind of give ourselves a break a little bit as well I don't know what you think about that I love this perspective and I love that we're circling back to parenting and being a mother because what a beautiful gift we're actually giving our kids right when your own children have seen you make a career shift my children have seen me and so many other mothers around the world or or fathers right where they get to see, huh, okay, it started one way, but along the way, my mom or my dad decided to change direction. Or when they get to see us go through failures or we come up short, right? They get to see that 
it doesn't end there. It doesn't Mm. stop everything you're doing. They get to see, wow, my mother was so resilient. She kept going. She kept a great spirit and she tried again, or she didn't let anything or anyone tell her that she couldn't go and pursue this. It's like Mm -hmm. start the podcast, write the book, start her own business or uh, switch companies, whatever it may be. We're truly to your point, since there really is no roadmap, we're giving such a gift to them for them to get to witness their parents going through this. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, my own kids, right? I mean, they heard me say that when I published this book that, oh gosh, wouldn't it be such a dream if if it was, um, you know, a best-selling book and it was on the New York Times or it was on the Wall Street Journal or all these different like chart-topping publications. And I remember my youngest daughter asking me just a few months ago when it came out, she said, did, did we make the list? Did we make the list? And I said, no, no, we, this book didn't, it hasn't at this point made the list, but it doesn't mean we're going to stop trying. It doesn't mean that we can't get there. And that was the lesson I wanted because remember, this whole journey or a big driving force for this journey is my children getting to see that any dream is attainable and any dream is worth chasing because like you said, you you don't know what your children are necessarily going to grow up to be. I don't know what mine are going to grow up to be. I think our kids change their mind three times a week if we're being honest. <laughs> And, but I want them to know that they're going to have that support and that encouragement and that they've been shown by their parents that it's hard, but you should still go for it. Yeah. It's just so good to hear that other mums are doing similar things and going back to what you said at the beginning with the modeling and they do model what we see and what we do. And funny enough, this morning, my youngest, so she's six and, um, I follow this guy on Instagram. You should all go and follow him. He's amazing. It's called Breathpod. And he's a gorgeous, lovely Scottish guy that lives in London. And he set up this amazing community on Instagram of um, breathing exercises. And he does Insta Live every morning at 7.30 to 8 o'clock. And he's committed to that. And he's committed to it for a couple of years of free breathing exercises. And I just started following him over lockdown because I didn't have to get up in the morning like we all, you know, we did. And I knew that I needed some tools to bolster my resilience with homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And so I've carried it on and I was doing it this morning with my six-year-old. And so she sat there and she watched me and it wasn't the most relaxing breathing exercise (laughs) because I was being watched. When you're being watched, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she watched me for 20 minutes do all the breathing exercises. He had me like closing my nostrils and doing this and doing all the things and things that I actually now teach my clients. He's taught me so much. And um, uh-huh. and she watched me silently. And at the end, I said, do you know why mummy did that? And she said, no. I said, it's because I want to feel calm and balanced for the rest of the day. So I don't feel like I'm going to lose my temper or I'm going to feel like I'm going to shout at you for no reason because we're, we're running late. And she went, okay. And that was it. And she got off and went off and got dressed. But in the back of my mind, I'm hoping that she will remember this at the age of six, that she saw that I was taking 20 minutes, 15 minutes of my time to boost my own self-care and well-being to look after her. Even though it wasn't that relaxing being watched, (laughs) with my eyes closed trying to meditate, I decided to leave that and so she could take that and I hope implement that for herself when she grows up. So I don't 
want other women to feel that they have to write a book or they have to set up a seven figure business or a all these really big things that we hear about you know like your your kids were asking you about is it a new york times bestseller that we don't have to achieve what from the exterior looks really amazing it can be just little things like following something that you are passionate about following a dream building that resilience going back after you've failed i think these are the life lessons that are important to model to our children absolutely and i want to underscore that you know oh, that's such a great point kate that purpose or passion does not have to be this huge daunting uh goal, right? It it doesn't have to be that. I mean, and and truly, I want to be clear, passion and purpose, they don't have to be related to a career either, right? Mm -hmm. And so many women find uh, purpose for a season of their life, raising children. And what a beautiful purpose to, to shape and to mold the next generation. And I've even had women at uh, speaking engagements come up to me and they they love to share what their takeaway is or what they think that that purpose is for their lives. And I remember this one woman coming up to me um, uh, last year after a speaking engagement and she said to me, I am so crystal clear on this now. She said, I had started going through, um, I think it's it must be like licensing or classes or certifications for to become a foster parent here in the States. And I, I don't know how it is abroad, but you have to go through all sorts of certifications in order to become a foster parent here in the States. And she said, life got busy and we put it to the side, but it has never left my heart because wow. there are children out there that need a safe place to go and they need love and they need to know what it is to be in a home and a family. And she instantly, after that uh, engagement, I kept in touch with her and she got right back into the certification to become and finish out becoming a foster parent for these children that don't have a home to live in. And I thought, what a beautiful thing and what an amazing reminder that it is not passion or, or purpose is not always found in the workplace. Sometimes it's just a bigger calling on your life. It's just a way that you can make an impact in the world. What, yeah. regardless of whether we call it big or small, there's no, there's no scale for this. There's no measurement for this. This is all about what you're meant to do. Yeah. I mean, that's just incredible. I'm sure she wasn't any wealthier for it but mm-hmm. from a spiritual perspective she probably was and you know at the end of our lives and and I heard you talk about this in one of your videos that if you work as a nurse or in palliative care that is not what people talk about people don't talk about the millions of dollars that they've made they talk about the impact they've had on people and the relationships they've had and when we hone in on that And when we go back to that kind of why of what we want to do in our lives, and it comes back to relationships and helping people and and impacting people's lives, I think that's when it gets, it makes it easier for women to step into their power and their voice. And it makes women recognize that they can do anything they want. Just because they haven't got like a business brain doesn't mean that they can't make a huge impact in the world. And so, Yeah, I really enjoyed that story that you told about knowing that by the end of our lives, it's what the people that we've helped and and the the impact that we've created. And I hope that helps other people as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, 
I think just, yeah, if we think about fast forwarding to, and of course we, we never know how long we have, you know, our time here on earth, we can't predict that. Um, and I don't think we'd want to either, but just knowing that you get to the end and you say, I didn't, I didn't leave anything on the table. I leaned into what I was feeling, what I was feeling led to. I felt like I made such a great impact that perhaps I was here to make in whatever way, shape or form that that is, you know, as a mother, as, as a spouse, as a business person, as a foster parent, whatever it looks like, it's just, it's, we, we deal with the same, the same barriers, right? We, no matter what you pursue, you worry about, are you going to fail or am I an imposter or can I actually pull this off? Is this meant for me? Why not just take it one step at a time, one step at a time and see where it takes you and just give yourself the grace um, that it might not happen quickly. I mean, my goodness, I published a book and decided to go hardcore into speaking engagements and a pandemic hit the exact same month I started pitching myself. So just know that this journey is taking <laughs> far longer than I planned for it to. Um, you know, it, it just, it never unfolds the way that we picture it. And as much as we all want a roadmap, we don't seem to get one and we just have to accept it. Just like we don't get the roadmap of knowing what our unborn children are going to look like or act like, or what that personality is going to be. We have no idea, but we love them so much anyway. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. I mean, this has been an absolute pleasure, Stephanie. Um, and I want people to be able to buy your book because it sounds incredible. And I'm for one, I'm going to be, you know, buying that book straight away and reading oh, it. Um, tell people how they can find you and um, where they can find the book. Yep. So the book is available on Amazon. I would say that is probably the easiest way for anyone to find the book. You just put in meant for more, which is the title of the book. If you put it, I think there are some other books titled meant for more as well. Just put it in with my name, Stephanie Hendrick. You can find me. I love to spend time on Instagram. So my handle is Stephanie underscore Hendrick. My website is stephaniehendrick.com. So um, I'd love to hear from anyone, um, connect on social media, and I certainly cannot wait to hear feedback and takeaways. I love, love, love hearing takeaways after people have read the book and how it's changed their course of action. That has been my favorite thing so far. That's amazing. And with regards to speaking now, I mean, I think what we realize in this year that we don't have to be in a room with a thousand people in the room. So if anyone wants to invite you to speak, is that something you're open to across the world? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, a, a lot of it, to your point, is still very virtual. Um, I have some places, some conferences, associations, corporations. Um, they're, they're saying, hey, tentatively, we think it might be in person, <laughs> you know, later in the year or if they're planning a year from now. Um, but they, of course, are being very flexible that it could be virtual. But yes, all of that is done through my website. So stephaniehendrick.com. There is a speaking tab on there to view my speaking reels, as well as the presentations I give and to connect with me through there. Oh, fantastic. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. And I feel like we probably could have talked for longer, but um, but yeah, I think for, for the first podcast together, then I think I think we got down to some pretty philosophical stuff. I love it. This is so <laughs> much fun, Kate. I am so, so glad that we connected. How cool is it that connecting, you know, across the world? It's it's so neat the oh, uh, opportunities we have now and who we absolutely. can connect with. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Stephanie.
So that's this week's episode done. I really hope you've enjoyed it and it's helped you in some small way. I listen to loads of podcasts and I've learned so much along my journey and now know I'm a real auditory learner. And if you're the same and you're often inspired by listening to thought-provoking conversations, please don't underestimate the power in sharing it to ensure other people can also be inspired. Not only does this help your friends, but it also lets the host know how beneficial the episode has been to them. It's such a quick thing to recommend a podcast on your social media, but it means the world to us and helps more like-minded people join in the conversation. So simply screenshot your phone and share the image of this podcast by text or on your social media to someone you think who needs to hear it. And the power of a recommendation really does work and creates a ripple effect for all those involved. Also, I've got a Facebook group called the Ambitious Mums Wellbeing and Lifestyle Chat. And my aim is to create a safe space to discuss any of the topics that have been mentioned in the episodes moving forwards. I'd really love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening and see you back here for the next episode. Mm-hmm.